Grounded Radio is a podcast on creativity, well-being, personal growth, and spiritual journeys. The ladies of Grounded embark on a journey of what it means to be our most authentic self and lead a well-balanced life. Be inspired and tune in to the raw conversations that bridge our human connection and raise our frequencies. This is Grounded Radio. What's good, beautiful beings? You are now tuning in to the Grounded Podcast, where we share your well-being, art, and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire. This is Bianca. Hi, I'm Marika. And on this episode of Grounded Radio, we are so stoked to have my old friends and the guys behind Harana Surf Resort in our beloved Shargao Island. We finally get to catch up with these today and hear their inspiring story of how they started a resort on a back then quiet island, which is now the famous surfing paradise we know as Shargao. Please welcome Ian Sermonia and Mike Mooks Medina! Thanks for coming to Grounded Radio. We're so happy you guys are here. How have you been? Oh, good. Been we good. have actually uh, been stuck here in Manila since March. We left the island in March and uh, we're hoping to go back. But of course, we all know the pandemic hit, so we all got stuck here. So we've been here ever since. How is it like being in Manila for months now? Like, I know you guys are so used to staying in Chargao for long bouts of time, then flying back and forth. And now you're kind of just stuck here. Well, um, it actually, you know, for me and Ian, we were back and forth to the island so so often that we don't get to spend a lot of time with our families. So uh, the pandemic has actually allowed us to spend more time here at home and spend time with our uh, with me and my wife and my daughter and everything. So it's it's actually pretty nice to take a break. Yeah, although it's been longer than expected, um, still for the most part, uh, can't complain. How has Shargao been holding up over the pandemic? Obviously, business is uh, not good. Livelihood of people, you know, the staff are used to, and, you know, surf instructors are used to having income from tourists coming in. And since the lockdown, you know, it's been months that they don't have their regular income. But at the same time, you know, there's, you know, the environment's been allowed to breathe. The community has gotten a little bit stronger. And, you know, I guess like, like us, here it's a time for reflection for them so um a lot of the people who are still there feel like it's the old chargao so it's like yeah. kind of like going back yeah. to the roots of of all of that so yeah. it's a, it's been bad yeah. and good yeah and the, and the and the old chargao it's not like it's like really a long time ago when you think of old chargao it's actually only been you know next amount of five, years since five the years, it's actually yeah. actually blown up so so everything is going back to the way it used to be. So the locals yeah. are doing well. They're surviving off the land and so forth. Yeah, it's it's good to hear that the island is resting. And mm-hmm. how is Harana doing? Like, what? how are you guys operating? Um, is your staff still there? I mean, I'm sure someone has to be holding up the fort. Yeah, so pretty much Harana has been on, like, on skeletal, skeletal force. Skeletal workforce, yeah. Yeah. Our manager is there and Veda, like our, my sister. So she's there and she's kind of holding down the port there. We also have a new restaurant manager who's helping her out. And obviously the local managers or local friends and partners are kind of giving us heads up and letting us know what's on the ground there. But, you know, for the most part, the island is, is, is shut down. It's skeletal there. It's just there's not much people all the tourists have kind of like left throughout the pandemic, you know, 
when it, when we first shut down, we thought it would be like what maybe two three weeks. It ended up you know six months. So all the people who were stuck there after a while had to bounce. Mm -hmm. And so there were a bunch of sweeper flights that were arranged, and it's basically a lot of output of people and not much in because there's like a 14-day quarantine that you would have to do before. So I mean, it's not short-term tourists that we're going to be getting, if any. So when you land, you have to go through a 14-day quarantine. Upon arrival, there's a process where you where you have to get the resort information and all of these things for tracing purposes, and then they have to stay within the resort for a full 14 days before they can leave. Wow, that's that's good to hear that they're practicing all the safety measurements that needs to be done, anything to protect the island. And I'm really happy to hear that the locals are enjoying their island that they had even just a few years ago. I remember how much the island has boomed. I haven't even been back since my wedding, and I know that I haven't seen half the resorts that are up now, Same. so I can't even imagine. I've only seen pictures. And I remember being in Harana before, and the last time I was there, and we couldn't even sit down inside the resort. Like, we were at the beach. It was so packed. Super. And yeah. I, I don't know how you guys were managing that. It's crazy. I mean, I know, I think it was a Saturday night, and you guys had an event. But still, you know, it, it was insane. And I was just <laughs> like, what what is happening? I mean, I was happy for you guys, of course. But it was kind of like the island is gone yeah. it felt kind of felt like bora in a way but yeah yeah yes, yeah, yeah yeah it was definitely so, unplanned <laughs> um it wasn't I mean, it wasn't supposed to be like that it, it actually <laughs> those saturday nights actually started really genuine it was really just a local band there was nothing else to do you know everyone usually is lights out by before midnight or 10 or 11 so we'd all get together at harana just listen to not sometimes not just just unplugged People would just come play their instruments and stuff. And it, and it kind of, as the island boom, it kind of it just evolved into this monster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fun. We still had really awesome times during those like massive parties. But now with this new normal, I guess it's allowing us to reset back to what we were originally like kind of enjoying. Yeah. Definitely not planned like that. Well, speak, speaking of how you guys envisioned it and pictured it back in the day, can you tell us a little bit about Harana's humble beginnings? The way it started off actually was I was in the U.S. at the time. After, after high school here in the Philippines, I went to college in the U.S. and I've been working there since. So Ian paid a visit to me around, paid a visit in 2011, 2012. And then he, I don't know, we were eating chicken wings and beer somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the U.S. in Texas. And he pitched this wild and crazy idea about putting up a surf resort in, in the Philippines. And then that was it. I was sold after a few beers. A few months later, I packed my bags up and I moved to the Philippines. And then we started like looking around the whole country, trying to find a perfect place for this destination of where we're going to do it. And we ended up in Chargell. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I just have to say, I can't believe that you, like Ian, you actually conceptualized this idea without knowing where to put the resort yet. I actually thought you guys, it was reversed that you found Shargao and you saw the potential. Oh, no. Um, they, we, yeah, we, no. Already had it in our, we already had it in our mind. We already had it in our mind that we we're going to put up a surf resort and get back into surfing and live on the beach and, and all that good stuff. I, I, for me, when he pitched it, I've never even heard of Shargao. I didn't even know the, what Shargao was. So. When I got to the Philippines, we started doing our 
quote, location studies. So we started surfing around all the different breaks in the Philippines, like all over. And then our last stop was Shargao. And it was pretty much after day one, that was it. That was yeah. it. That, this was, that was it. We were, I was sold. Yeah. I mean, my first time in Shargao was like a long time ago and it was like super bare. And I learned surfing in Shargao. But, you know, we wanted to get into surf tourism, something tourism related and something surf related. And basically, Shargao at that time was perfect. So we pitched it to our other partners who were, you know, we're all friends and we were all friends in high school. Yeah, they, they believed in our dream and said, okay, guys, let's, let's, let's go for it. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> it's been a really fun and interesting journey. Even, even when, it, when, you, when you started pitching Shargao in the beginning, like my friends in the U.S. and a lot of people in Manila, they didn't even know what Shargao was, right? And the first thing people think about uh, Shargao is where is it located? It's in Mindanao. And back then, everyone freaks out, Mindanao, oh, my gosh, it's yeah. so dangerous there. Oh, my God, you're crazy. It's never going to work. Had that know? reputation. It yeah. had that reputation back then. So, I mean, we didn't care. We loved Shargao. We loved the people in the community. And we don't know how we were going to make it work, but we we were for sure on it that, you know, we're going to do our best to, to make the best out of it. I love that passion and that drive. And right, Marie's like how they just went for it. Yeah. You guys, you had a dream. You had a vision. You believed in it. You got your friends to believe in it and you went for it that's amazing that takes a lot of courage but no one was hard to convince it sounds like they were all really easy to convince because that is the dream of most people and can you share with us what some of the biggest challenges were that you faced starting a resort from the ground up and did you guys have any previous experience in the hospitality industry Ian and I don't have any experience in hotel restaurant management. We have zero experience going into this. Actually, day one, when when we sat down in his office and started drawing out our mind map and trying to figure out how we're going to make this dream come true, we we pretty much pulled out books, started reading books, consultation, and everything was just trial by fire. That was it. We 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 didn't know what we were doing. We just had to learn. And learn the learn learn by fire, trial by fire. That's pretty much it. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, luckily we had like access to friends, a lot of consultations and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, a lot um, of friends helped us. But it was a lot of yeah, just kind of like researching and okay, how do we do this? I mean, even even people on the island who who were there who had established themselves already at that point, small little boutiques. Yeah. They were very open yeah, they, to us and we're, we're thankful for that. Johnny from Kermit, like, Johnny from interviewed them. Johnny. Rico, Shargao in. Oh, yeah. The good thing about Shargao, it's not like a, a huge competition kind of thing. Everyone kind of works together. And we were blessed and fortunate enough that those guys opened up their, their doors to us and helped us out through some consultation and advice. And what were the best lessons you learned along the way? Are there... Any tips you have for those starting out or looking to do something similar in another island? For me, it's pretty much before you jump into anything, make sure you do your homework and design a business plan that don't, doesn't only support you or your own benefits, but make sure you design a business plan that, that supports the local community around you also. So going back to the last question, in, in addition to this, for some challenges, you were talking about challenges that we learned along, along the way. For yes. me, one of the things that I found challenging was actually not the actual construction process of the resort. It was actually the staff training. And the reason why staff training was the hardest was because part of our 
values for Harana is, is local uplifting. And basically through local uplifting, we, we really want to hire locals, right? We don't want to take the easy way out and bring a bunch of guys in from Manila or Cebu and those guys are going to be the running a resort. We wanted to really focus on getting locals. At the end of the day, if everyone does get guys from Manila or Cebu, it ultimately leads to gentrification. Now, hiring these locals, you got to understand that these Shargout locals, they've never been to, most of them have never been to a major city even. The farthest they've ever gone is like, I don't know, Surigao City or Butuan. But they've never really been to like a major, major city or traveled internationally. I'm not talking about all of them, but majority of them. So when you train them, they have no experience in uh, restaurant, you know, service or, or all these other things that we, we don't even realize at the time. So everything you, you teach them has to be from the ground up. You, you know, everyone knows the, the saying, teach a person how to fish, blah, blah, blah. It's true. Yes. It, it, it's yeah. actually really true. And for us, we really hire we hire about 90, 95% all locals. The only guys that we don't hire locals are, are guys that we bring in for consultation, guys to train them, to uplift them and so that they can grow. And that's, that was a challenging, and even up today, that's, that's one of the most challenging things for us today is, is local uplifting the local community when it comes to staff training and, and those kind of things. For an answer to your question, that's, that's my biggest tip for anyone who would start a business in Shargao. Go local, help them out, give them jobs teach them. Don't bring in all these guys to take their jobs from them because at the end of the day, they're not going to have one. That, that would be my, my tip. Yeah. I guess for me, just to add on to that, if you're thinking, I mean, if you're thinking of coming in to a place where, whether it be Shargao or anywhere else, is see what you can add to the place and really see what, I mean, when you say you, you're going to add something, see if that addition is something that you really want to add. Because uh, some people think that oh, I can do this, it'll be really good. But actually, it may not be good for, for another reason, right? Like if it's not good for them in the long run or culturally or may destroy the environment or something like that, then it's not really an addition to their life, you know? I guess it's trying to figure out what you can add, but have it to be like sustainable in the sense that it's not going to be taking away from their culture or taking away from the environment that, you know, that's there and the vibe that made you fall in love with the place and to begin with. And just to add the quote that Mooks was talking about is give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. That's so true. I like how you guys have mindfully thought of uplifting the community and enriching everyone there instead of, like you said, taking away and sucking resources dry or building let's say a structure that's not environmentally safe or friendly and it's so nice to hear that there's still people like that and we definitely need more people in the hospitality industry with this mindset that being said what is your favorite part about what you guys get to do like off the top of your head if there's one thing that you love about harana and being able to live in shargao what is it uh other than surf <laughs> Uh, yeah. man, uh, for me, um, I love the creative side of the business. Basically, it's me and Ian's baby, right? So everything that we do, we, we create we create this world for, for people to come, right? For tourists and guests, and they can come experience Shargao and experience Harana through our eyes. So for me, I, I love the creative side of putting up the resort, as well as 
creatively putting up the resort so that it is for the betterment of the local community. And plus, I can't complain, right? We got, we're beachfront. We got surf right up front, fresh air, good food right from the ocean and, and always good company. Yeah. For me, I mean, it's, it's definitely surf number one. <laughs> um, and that whole lifestyle, that's my favorite part. And obviously the next would be, as Mookie said, connecting with the locals and, and uplifting them and hanging out with them. I enjoy just hanging out with people. M- both Mookie and I are like social guys. You guys are very extroverted. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. So um, I, I, I love like hanging out with people, whether they be like tourists who are coming in or the locals who we meet, like our friends. So just hanging out and that company is always good. That makes my heart feel so warm and friendly. <laughs> <laughs> just like the no, best. Yeah. The surfing or the connect or hang out with people? <laughs> All of it. Well, my next question was what enticed you to move out of the city and move to Shergao, but you kind of answered it. Yeah. I guess it's actually We're not fully uprooted, like completely out of the city. So me and Ian do ro- rotations usually. Usually I'm there for two to three months. Then I rotate off and Ian comes in two to three months and we keep switching off like that. It's a good balance between being both island and, and being in the city. At the end of the day, I for me, I, I'm really just a, a city boy that's living the island life when you, when you think about it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, surfing, when we got hooked, we always wanted it to be part of our lives. So just being able to surf and at the same time have that balance is, is always good. Yeah. It's, it's a balance. It's a balance, right? You know, you yeah. have the city and then we get to go to Shargao and we're obviously we get to live that healthier lifestyle. So it's a, it's a good balance. Yeah, so you would say that your life is much healthier in Chirgao. For sure. Uh, Even when drinking, when drinking at all the events. Actually, <laughs> yeah, except yeah, Saturday night. I drink a lot more in Chirgao than... Yeah, yeah, me too, me I too. To I think... drink more. But I detox more. You detox during the day and retox at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, cycle. For sure. Fresh air, no pollution. <laughs> And then next thing you know, bang, let's have a cold beer. One leads to two, two leads to three. Yeah. And then the next day you guys go <laughs> surfing. How do you do it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Training. You just yeah, want to go. Of, they work it off. Of training. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you got to catch that early morning, uh, like the good timing. Yeah. We don't, we don't always make the first morning surf. We don't always make that. Usually, usually we would usually put it do off sunsets. the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just do the sunset one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least you you have a beautiful view, you know. All those sunrises are beautiful too. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to the persona of Shargao, you know how every place has its own energy. Like if you go to Bali, for me personally, when I land at the airport, I'm just like, mm. Oh yeah, I feel it. I feel it. I feel that Bali air. Manila has a vibe. I love you, Manila. I've just been here for too long. But there's something about the energy of Shargao. Like, it's very alive with opportunities for adventure at every turn. There's just so much to do. But then I feel that healing vibe as well. Like, it's rooted in healing. If you just wanted to go and not do any of those crazy things and just be alone, you literally could do that and just be healed by nature. So. Are there any myths, legends, or folktales local to Shargao that you can share with us? Because I've never heard any. I don't know if Marika has, but have you had any 
personal encounters or just heard anything from the locals? There, there, there's actually a few. There's a few that no one really, no one really talks about. But when we first got there, we learned a few stories about what the local folk folklore was. Obviously, we all know the surf breaks like Cemetery and Cloud Nine and Stimpy's and Rock Island and all those things. But those places actually have Filipino names also, like local, local names, right? So cemetery is actually known to the locals as Pasangan. Pasangan. Uh, Cloud Nine before was actually called Mainit or something like that. It was called Mainit because I think a bunch of kids drowned there back in the days. But the most interesting one is Stimpy's. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever surfed at Stimpy's. So Stimpy's is a, is a, is a perfect left-hand wave and it's located out in, in the ocean and it's next to this rock formation. And Stimpy's the, the, the local name of Stimpy's is actually called Olin. Olin in Shargaonon is actually the, the back of the ship. I think ship stern is the back of the ship, right? Ship stern? Anyway, the back of the ship. Um, and the reason, the reason why it's called Olin is because the rock is in the shape of a ship, right? So the story goes that there was a captain playing with uh, on a ship, and then it was raining and storming, and he had a cat. He had a little cat on his ship that he tied strings around its, its, its paws and started playing with it like a marionette. Then the gods got angry and struck, struck the captain and the ship with, uh, with lightning, and it turned him into a rock. And that's why Stimpy's is called Olin, in act, actually, in old terms, in old, in old Shargao folklore. So if you look at Stimpy's, it's actually true. It's the shape of a boat. That's a pretty interesting we want, thing we learned a long time ago. I, I never heard of it. Um, I had no idea. Who told you? Who told you? Who do you yeah, think? I'm sure they were. It, 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 yeah, I got it from a lot of the locals there, like Rasta and all those guys. On a Saturday on. night? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. That's true, cool, though. I'm going to, if I Google it, will I see I the, so. the but shape? But if you ask some of the real OGs, okay. the older Shargao known guys, the older Shargao guys, <laughs> their grandparents talked about the story. Uh, yeah, I got this story from from one of our close friends, uh, Rasta, and then I Rasta, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Rasta yeah. can confirm so this. Legit. Actually, I, I actually thought Olin was Rock <laughs> Island, but it wasn't. It was Stimpy. So I confirmed it with him. Like, I'm just like, kidding no, with Olin you, Mooks. Olin Don't worry. <laughs> we believe you. He's like, I have all this proof. <laughs> it's true. Any, any personal, any personal encounters uh, that you guys have had? I would say it's part of the vibe and I, I would just say it's like nature would have its as a spirit, you know, so definitely a lot of that mm -hmm. through the island, just like right when you land, like you said, definitely nature all around. So there's that, that kind of mystic feeling and out in the water, of course, you see when you're surfing, it's, you know, you, you can see sometimes, like I still remember, I saw manta rays flying out of the water like a couple of yeah. times and and those are always like wow this is a good sign you know this this is like an awesome wow. you know like rainbows yeah. yeah i heard dolphins i have never seen but there were dolphins and and some whales yeah. there so just seeing that and and having i mean right in front of harana there was a, a turtle hatching that happened and oh so Ooh. yeah like some hornbill turtles mm -hmm. came and we feel that that's kind of good vibes basically like good spirit yeah good sign for so, sure so um yeah the dogs on the island are really friendly and they're really happy so yeah. i i i feel like I that's part of like the spiritual encounters that i've had personally 
I I agree. I agree. I nice. really feel like the animals there and like seeing a manta ray that 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 is definitely a spiritual encounter. And mm-hmm. my first time in Sharigao, I remember when me and my husband Martin were walking back to our resort, a dog followed us all the way home up until our door, and that was our first time wow. to experience like a dog <laughs> yeah, just, loving us so much. Home, yeah. We we don't know why it walked you. us home. He's protecting yeah. you. And yeah. all the dogs are like wow. that there. There's something yeah. about them. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, cool. that's happened to us too. It's, it's, uh, they're really cool, cool social dogs over there. They were probably just walking you home, <laughs> making sure you got home safely. <laughs> He's like, where's my thing? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> during Marika's wedding, during her vows, I remember distinctly, I don't know if anyone was able to take a picture or anything, but as you and Martin were saying your vows, this huge bird flew over in the sky. I feel like, nice. I don't know who was with who was seated beside yeah, me, but we so were like, whoa, did you see that? It was just over. like, nice. Yeah, perfect timing. See, so that's, that's, that's awesome. That's my Logical, yeah. story. My yeah. favorite is also the fireflies at night. So now that tourism has kind of died out, I've noticed more and more people in Chargao have been posting lately that the fireflies are back. So fireflies, basically, they, they dwell in fresher air and a cleaner environment. And we've seen less and less fireflies over the years. But oh. lately, since tourism slowed down, more and more people are having more and more fire fireflies in their, in their properties. And it's, it's, I can imagine that'd be really beautiful. Wow. That's great. And I know there are lots of fireflies in mangroves. I've heard about it. I've never seen yeah. them. Yeah. I guess you have to go at night. They, they yeah, they yeah. had back back a while back the DOT I think wanted to I think it was the DOT who wanted to start some mangrove tours. Do you remember that Ian with the moonlight? So basically yeah. it's a it's a firefly mangrove tour. You're on a boat and then yeah. when the moon's out, if you look in the water, you'll see like all the the crocodiles. Yeah. Their eyes their eyes will be glowing, and then yeah. you'll be going through all the going through all the fireflies. They, they used to have that before. I don't know. No, they they, they canceled it because it was in Del Carmen that they were looking to do it. They proposed it. Like the people were like, hey, you know, we have this. But the mayor was like, uh, we shouldn't do that because there's crocodiles. Yeah, and you don't I know mean, if like, the crocs will you know? <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, Maybe bad idea. Right. So Mayor Cordo kind of, uh, no, I didn't want to push for that. Kind of sketchy. <laughs> yeah, but you can do it if you're adventurous, right? <laughs> so guys yeah. was harana everything you envisioned it to be and more uh, i want to know what like exactly how you visualized this resort and did it turn out the way you wanted it to be for me yeah i mean it's gi- it's given me more joys than i imagined for sure definitely how it's i don't think it's there yet where what we envisioned it to be in the beginning um, yeah yeah it's not there yet but definitely it's getting there well those little things like the parties and stuff we definitely didn't envision that but maybe now it'll just kind of go back to that we don't mind it but we don't want it to be like super ragey <laughs> but yeah, that's for, for, me. for me yeah for me yeah. it was it Toronto turned out even more than than we had planned actually like like Ian was saying about these these parties and everything it's it's like we weren't really we didn't really want Harana to be known as a party place, right? It kind of just happened. Since the pandemic happened, it actually allowed us to take a break and reevaluate and rethink about what we have initially wanted 
in, in the beginning yeah. and that and now we're now we have a chance we have a chance to when we reopen we have a chance to really do what we always wanted to do and that's immersion pretty much bringing in the tourists where they can immerse themselves into volunteerism immerse themselves into the local culture the island culture the people and and doing what we were really good at doing in the beginning when we first started so that so we took actually this this pandemic as a somewhat as a as, as a positive so we could actually go back to our original values and our original original planning yeah speaking of values i know you guys are really proud of your sustainable practices and even ian i know you're very involved with sea movement are are you still are you guys still working on projects together can you tell yeah. us a little bit about Harana's sustainability program? Sure. Um, you know, we were lucky enough early on to get, like we said, we consult with everyone about everything. So one of the main things was that we wanted to be sustainable. Uh, we didn't want to come into Shargao and have it become into, at that point, we had a blueprint with Boracay as to what not to do, right? And that's what we said. We don't want to do this. So uh, we were lucky enough to stumble upon these guys called Stoke Certified. So they're a group based out of San Diego, and they specialize in surf resorts and snowboard resorts. So they have a criteria of sustainability, kind of like Leeds, but it's geared towards surf and ski resorts, so smaller boutique resorts. So they gave us what their criteria was for environment, for cultural footprints for social responsibility, as well as what to expect for responsible like surf, surf guiding and surf teaching. And based on their kind of guidelines, we kind of shaped and tried to practice whatever it is that they had, right? We were one of the first, no, we were, I think we are the first from Stoke Certified that consulted with them from the ground up, meaning even before we, we built or we even started building, we already had their ideas in mind and i think we're the first resort in the in the philippines to get the certification so we were lucky that they guided us i mean it's everything from environmental like waste management i guess uh, being aware of how much waste you make segregating and all of that and to you know to energy consumption to like labor practices making sure that we hire locally we pay them, you know, proper wages and, you know, they're all like above board in terms of that, as well as cultural stuff. So like our menu and our architecture is all kind of based out of the region or from Shargao. So you're promoting the culture of Shargao. And then we try Congrats, to guys. use like local language and stuff like that so that people feel that immersive kind of feeling when they visit. And then social responsibility, obviously, like you, you mentioned, like working with Sea Movement and all these other communities and uh, community programs and NGOs. Yeah, like Ian was saying, we, we, we used the Stoke Certified Blueprint to build our resort in, in our planning phases. It wasn't very easy. We had to constantly make adjustments and improve our systems, improve everything so that we were sustainable. Fortunately enough, we, 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 were, we were able to get the certification last year. And uh, yeah. we're the first um, in the country, first in the country, the only, probably the only uh, surf resort in the country that has an, an international, an international certification of sustainability. Yeah, wow. it's always changing, right? We just barely. I mean, imagine we 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 consulted with them from the ground up, but even then, we only barely passed their their grading system. 
So there's still a lot more improvement. And they're, at the same time, they're also kind of raising their standards to get the certification. Yeah. It's, it's never, it's never going to be ending on like, we got it and that's it. But they're going to always... There's always going to be new learnings, models evolving, yeah, exactly. new practices. And, yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. I'm so happy to hear that you guys did all these consultations. And it just goes right. to show that you don't need a background, an educational background to pursue your dream. You just well, really, helps. really need the passion. <laughs> And yeah. you have yeah. to believe in yourself. And I feel yeah. like it's rare that a lot of guys would consult and consult and consult and ask and ask. Like so there are a lot of people who are like, we're just gonna do it on our own, you know, like we have this idea, like they wanna do it their way. And I think it's really why I seek counsel and it's obviously paying off now because it's not easy to be a sustainable resort, as you guys know. It's 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 easy to say that we're practicing, you know, segregation or you're using sustainable materials, but it has to be really ingrained into your system. Yeah, yeah, and it has to be ingrained into your staff as well. They have to also the guys who work for you have to also understand what we're trying to do here in in the island. So we're fortunate enough to be to have our staff understand those things, and they're totally on board with us, and they also participate. And hopefully, they do it in their homes too. So I hope it uh, it, it spreads throughout the whole community. Yeah. yeah, it's a ripple effect. We're also lucky in Shargao where the other, the our other like resort owners are also very much um, aligned yeah. to to yeah. these things. So I mean the like the entrepreneurs who are there, are, most of them are are really thinking about the same thing, and the locals are also thinking about the same thing. So the community leaders, they're also thinking we don't want to destroy this paradise. So we're lucky in the sense that Chargao already had that community there and we're just happy to kind of strengthen that and kind of uh, support it so that it doesn't go away. I would even say some some of the political leaders, some of them will be kind of going for that. But for the most part, on the ground, on the community, it's definitely the same sentiment and aligned in terms of those values. Chargao is <laughs> obviously an island that is very community-centered. And there's a strong will for the locals and the island's residents to keep it clean and sustainable. Can you share with us some of the local organizations that you work with and that are making an impact on the island? Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned, Sea Movement. Marja and them have been doing great thing. Uh, yeah, well, I'm job, a part yeah. of Sea. Yeah, so they were able to pass a bunch of things like zero waste on GL, like that. That was able to be passed through them, and they they were able to lobby for that and also get a segregation site instead of just a what used to be an open dump site they were able to get a proper waste segregation place there now mm -hmm. so they've been doing great there's so many others like stoa which is the business owners i'm the president of that right now and that's basically an organization that we try to work together and then you have the surfer association cisa those are all the surf instructors, and we're we're kind of in touch with them. There's so many. There's like Gram Nation, who teaches kids values. Uh, I think Sun Crew also does that and teaches them the joys of surfing. There's like Shargao Masaya, who does scholarships. 
there's Nature Kids and Sunny yeah, is I'm, a part. I'm interested to know to visit the Nature Kids studio because I follow mm-hmm. them on Instagram and it's amazing. They turn all their plastic. You you donate your plastic, right? And then they have the kids do projects. They turn them into bean bags and chairs. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sunny's doing really cool, and she has yeah. a new studio now called Arte. Yeah. Where she's giving livelihood to some women up north where they're sewing stuff. So you can. She can actually do some sewing. I don't. I don't know exactly what they made masks for us. I don't know some other things like that. They're doing really good. They um, even uh, re- they even repaired some of our boxing bags in the gym. <laughs> some of wow. our oh, nice. we, sent over, we sent them over some speed balls and they repaired all of them. So, oh, it, it worked. Yeah. They finally did it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That, yeah, and then you have community magazines like Bishargao who tries to keep everyone informed of little stories. Yeah, I um, love that magazine. Yeah, it's really good. The, the newest one during the pandemic that, that opened up was this thing called Hardin ng Pagbabago, which is um, started off actually by our current chief of police, Chief Weiss uh, Panuelos. Yeah, it's a, it's a commu- I guess it's community farms, right? But okay. it's public partnership. I mean, the people who are benefiting are the people in the barangays, the locals who will make their farms. And then the PNP comes in to help them work each farm and guide them as well. And then the private entities come in by sponsoring. And then very recently, the LGU has come in too to give a little bit of money as well. So it's a very like a holistic uh, program. And in the end, what it is is organic farms for sustainable uh, food, you know, food security on the island. So now you have all these farms or, or all these crops churning out local produce that is going to be cheaper for the resorts. At the same time, if there's no resorts like right now, then these guys can farm it and their families have food, food to eat. It really got a lot of traction because of the pandemic. So it's, a, it's definitely a game changer. I mean, as you as you guys remember, Shargao in general was a farming, uh, not a farming, it was a fishing community, and even fishing started to die out because all of the all of the the banque, the banqueros, all the boat drivers, they all converted into tourism boats. They started doing island hopping because you make more money off of doing island hopping. So you were getting actually less fish coming to each household. Less fish because the, the banqueros started, they stopped fishing. You're making more money off of island hopping and stuff like that. So now this is a game changer. They they converted GL and Shargao into a farming community. So each barangay they have all these farms. Each barangay has their own farm, and now there's a lot of food to go around for the locals. A lot Amazing. of food to, food to go around everyone, and and fresher produce to go around the whole island to, for for both business owners and for the residents. Yeah, it's so nice to hear about how everyone gets involved with everything. Well, at least for this like the farming project that you guys mentioned. And I think, Mooks, you were talking about volunteerism. Yeah, Is that how you say it? Earlier, it's a, it's a tongue twister. Volunteerism. On your side, yeah, you guys said it was like a form of tourism in which travelers participate in voluntary work, typically for a charity. Can you tell us about how your guests can volunteer and, and what perks they get, you know, aside from that great feeling that they get after giving back to the community. Yeah, so this was actually, uh, uh, we were supposed to, initially we were supposed to do this like when we opened Rana in the beginning. Initially we were trying to actually work with uh, Gawad Galinga, which is located in, in Del Carmen. Ooh. 
So we had this whole project up where we would go and we would help them build homes. And it started off great in the beginning, but eventually less and less people started signing up. And obviously me and Ian got more busy. But now, now that we, like I said about the pandemic and we started going back to our roots, this time around, we're really going to be focusing more on it and really, really paying more attention to it. For those who want to stay in Chargao for cheap discounts or for even free, free comped rooms or meals, yeah. you know, you can, you can, you can come and stay in Hirana and, and, you know, stay for free even if you just do volunteer work and help out the island. Another project that, which goes into Saver Chargao, which Ian's currently working on with, uh, Former, one of the former former mayors, actually. Yeah, we definitely wanted to to kind of push this initially, but organically, kind of, we just got volunteers in. So we were we were definitely uh, having volunteers come in, and we would comp them all the time with yeah. They just found you online, like they would contact you. Yeah, they. Or... I guess they saw like we we have like a little thing called volunteerism there. Mm-hmm. So, but what Mike is saying is that we weren't pushing. We weren't pushing for it. It wasn't like something that we were heavily promoting. It was something that's there. And we were like, yes, come here. You can do volunteer work with Sea Movement. You could do like beach cleanups. If you do that, you'll get like a free meal. Or if you're going to be doing some other things like medical missions, we, we, would, sponsor, we would sponsor their their accommodations and food like that. So it was more organic. But now we really want to push for it. One of this thing, the, the thing that Mike was talking about called Saver Shargao is um, something a little bit more we thought we thought about with Sam and uh, Mayor Coro to try to get people into the island since they have to quarantine. They're going to have to stay there long, right? They can't, they can't be there for like, what, three days, four days. It's impossible. No, yeah. You have to quarantine for 14 days. So the people who would be coming in we're trying to invite them to really immerse themselves and take advantage of the low crowds right now, low prices of everything. All the food is all on like almost 30, 40% off what it normally was, even the accommodation super cheap. And we're trying to push for them to immerse themselves and, and take part in these different community like um, organizations so that they can see really what the beauty of Chargao is, which is the, the people in it, the local people there who will benefit from it and, and all of that. So we'll see if it works. <laughs> I don't know. Good luck with that. I that love sounds it. promising. I, yeah. So Savor yeah. Shargao, it was like, instead of save Shargao, it's like savor it. <laughs> yeah. Savor. But at the same time, you're helping by boosting the local economy because even just one person coming in there means a lot because you're going you're gonna to have an additional meal somewhere or like an additional surf lesson. And that's that's already like, you know, can feed a family sometimes. It's someone's job, yeah. yeah. Don't worry, we know so many people who are itching, like itching to be there right now. Yeah. So once it's all systems go, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you mentioned that your resort is built mostly on Lawaan hardwood and that mm-hmm. you have now successfully planted more trees than you used to build the resort. Why did you choose this certain wow. material? I guess it's local to the island. And can you tell us a bit mm-hmm. more about your tree planting program? The, the reason we used the local wood was, well, logistically, that's what was there. At I the think. time, that was what was available. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really hard, like, logistically to get things on and off the island before. Now it's a lot easier with 
a lot more flights and all of that. But back in the day when we were starting, that's what everyone was doing. And it's beautiful, it's beautiful material, but it's yes. hardwood, right? So yeah. we source it locally, but I don't think it's like super sustainable, to be honest. Because those guys aren't, I don't think they're licensed and, and everything. They're just local suppliers, right? Okay. So we now we don't like we we donated through the DNR free tree planting just to offset whatever we cut down basically. I, I know Sea Movement Sea Movement also has like some mangrove planting. It's definitely a lot of like mangrove planting and all of that, which is awesome because mangroves are super super good for the environment. Okay, so but but majority of majority of the of our. Uh of our offset is basically from Stoke Certified, right, Ian? So basically, uh, the, through Stoke Certified, they plant thousands and thousands of trees on our behalf. Okay, yeah. So uh, there, there's oh. two different ways. We, we planted trees locally, DNR and everything. We gave them money for seedlings, basically. And then we also offset through an Indonesian... There's a sustainable campaign. So this is more of our carbon footprint, not our, not our wood footprint but more okay. for the carbons that we that our staff. So Stoke Certified calculated the average van transfers, how many people yeah. come in and out of the to the island. And then after that, our, how many staff we have and how much motorcycles, like how far they live. And then they just like calculated it for us and said, okay, this is probably around your carbon footprint. They, they checked how many times we use our genset and what fuel we use, as well as the electricity and saw the level and since the electricity comes from a coal plant they kind of said okay this is your carbon footprint and then we decided to donate uh man i have to get the i have to get the name the exact name of the project but it's a it's a project in indonesia that is uh, very sustainable and it's yeah we, we basically they, funded them and they plant yeah. more trees yeah and it's based based wow. off of stoke certified and uh, that okay. all comes together Wow, that's yeah. I, I was reading in your site that you guys learned how to calculate your carbon footprint, and you guys have taught a few of your staff members that, and they could even do it for you when you're there at Harana. Yeah, it's 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 basically that, like thinking how much how much fuel you've used just to try to get to the island and whatever the van transfer, and then if you want to offset, you can you can offset it. I need to do more research on this because I heard that even in some places in Europe, that you can actually pay for things in carbon credit. Mm -hmm. You can rack oh, up points and cool. you have to use that. You have to calculate your, your carbon footprint. And then there's a way where like, if things are like, translated into money and you can pay for things. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, they, they helped us calculate it. And, but we cool. donate to... Let me, let me get the... Uh, I'll, I'll try to get that, the actual name of the project. But we decided on Indonesia because there are... Obviously, there are Southeast Asian neighbors. I think the other project would have been Fiji. Very sustainable. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll double check that. Sorry. No worries. That sounds... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool that you guys found, found all these programs and organizations to work with to be able to give back to the environment. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Like I said, I, I don't. it's not an easy thing to be sustainable. So, really, thank you guys so much. Hmm. We've also started experimenting lately, recently, with a lot of bamboo. We, we kind of put the hardwood stuff to a halt, and we've been actually started construction on a few buildings at Harana made out of bamboo. 
Amazing. So that's another thing. That's another thing that you, hopefully you get to see next time you're there. Right now it's still under construction. Yeah, the green school. Hopefully you can see it next time you visit. Should be up by then. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's also just about training the workers here, like how to work with bamboo. I mean, and if they can do it in Bali, but I guess yeah. it's more of like they need to learn how, like I'm sure it's different, like a different technique and a different skill when you work mm-hmm. with bamboo. But if you know mm-hmm. how to use it, I mean, it's like the strongest so, material, right? Yeah, like um, Melvin um, Patawaran of Tropics Design, yeah. who, who did our architecture, he went to Bali to study the bamboo and I mean, they're experts oh there in Bali. Did you know, he go to Balinese the or... bamboo school? Yeah. I, school? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So a couple of weeks. And so they ha- he, he's trying to promote that here. It's more sustainable. So the structure Mookie's talking about is our beach bar. <laughs> so. Ooh. Yeah. That's exciting. It'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully it hopefully it's done. Instead yeah. of Saturday parties, parties every day. Yeah. <laughs> at least there's like no. a designated space for it <laughs> yeah yeah and it's daytime parties well, yeah. i mean it's just people yeah. can lounge and enjoy i mean yeah like bali like yeah. like shake, the beach clubs in bali after surf grab, grab a shake after you surf yeah hang out sunbathe stuff like that yeah <laughs> yeah surfing is a philosophy or even a religion for some it's not just a sport but a way of living and since you guys are both surfers, can you tell us how you fell in love with the sport and what it means to you? Mm-hmm. So, moves, wow. Me? Yeah. Um, well, for me, how did I fall in love with surfing? What it means to me? For me, surfing is almost like, oh, man, surfing is like a, a, a form of meditation, man. It's just you and Mother Earth out there alone. It's, it's you and the ocean. It brings you in connection. It connects you with, with the Earth. And when you surf, it's, it's really a mental thing. For me, it's more mental than physical. I mean, it makes you understand that you're not in control of all the situ, all the, you're not in control of everything in your life and that the ocean is actually in charge. So what I'm trying to say is like, say you're surfing and you're having a good day and you're surfing awesome waves, right? None of the waves are the same. Every single wave is different. So if I'm having an awesome surf session, the next day I can go to the same wave and I can completely suck. Why? Because because you, you're you're forcing it, you're trying to force it. You're not you're not going with the wave. You're not going with the situation. You're trying to to fight it. So for me, I've learned surf from surfing. I've learned a lot of patience and how to you know meditation and it's a Zen thing. It's you and and Mother Earth all, all combined yeah. as one. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. I mean, obviously we love the sport, the exercise that comes with it, but a lot of it is definitely meditative. Just conditions surf conditions are all based on nature and you know waves are coming from something that happened thousands of miles in the other side of the world and that energy is coming at you and then finally hitting the shores of whatever Shargao, cloud nine or wherever it is that we're surfing and all of that is kind of connected and then you have to kind of yeah then it's kind of like wow you know it's, it's definitely spiritual in, in that sense but but definitely like i always want to improve that's just my personal nature so it's it's always like trying to trying to enjoy at the same time seeing these minor little improvements that's always what like kind of keeps me coming back to surfing you know a lot of the things that i do now my exercises that i do especially being stuck in the city for like six months but it's really for me to like enjoy my surf my next surf session out when i get back you know, so I'm doing a lot of like stuff 
so that I can enjoy the surf. It, it's almost like it's taken over my life, really. Like I'm trying to think of ways to include, I improve in the surf and thinking of the next time I'm going to go and enjoy that next wave. And yeah, anyway, sorry. And it's then, gonna, and, I'll and go on and on. If it, <laughs> something, something interesting that you should know about surfers. Once you become a surfer or once you really fall in love with surfing, you automatically become an environmentalist. It's automatic because once you fall in love with surfing, you understand you fall in love with the ocean. You fall in yeah. love with the ocean. You fall in love with the nature. And then what happens then when you fall in love with the ocean, you protect what you love. You end up protecting what you love. So when you see someone throw a cigarette butt, when you see someone leaving a plastic bottle behind, you take it personally. And it's almost like you take it personally because it's like, they're trying, it's like someone trying to destroy something that you love. That's how surfer, surfing has also changed me as a person. And I think it's changed every surfer there is in the world. Once you're a surfer, you automatically become an environmentalist. That's how I think. Those were beautiful answers, guys. And and I, I really could feel, Ian, when you said you could just go on and on and yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I came across this quote in in. Pinterest, sadly, author unknown, but it said, life like surfing is all about wave selection and balance. Never let the best waves in life go by. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Are there any particular examples of an experience you've had in life that reflects this quote? Well, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, right? Once that wave, let's say you're surfing and once that wave is gone, it's gone forever. That one wave, it's gone forever because no two waves are exactly the same. Conditions change, so all directions change. And when that perfect wave does come, you have to take it. You got to take it; otherwise, it's wasted. It's gone forever. And that's the yeah. same. You can't be scared, right? Yeah, you got to go can't for think it twice. Just... Otherwise, yeah. it's wasted, and you can't get it back. And that's kind yeah. of how it is with life, also. When that perfect wave comes, you got to take risks. You got to dive in. Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna practically live the rest of your days wishing you did take that wave. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, like you have it, let's say you do let a wave go by or like something happens like you wipe out or something yeah. you also have to like not i mean you shouldn't beat yourself up about it because there's always going to be yeah. a next one right so yeah. there there are there are definitely definitely a lot of lessons to that i mean wave selection you which see it both wave selection you see it both ways yes actually. yeah so i mean definitely go for it take the wave and if you fail or if you don't then uh, or if you fail, then it's okay. There's another, get back up yeah. and try get the next Get back up wave. and get, go for it again. Take, yeah, go for it exactly. again. Um, I love yeah, it. I, mean, I love it. Wow. <laughs> In a sense, her, building Harano is kind of like an opportunity, like a wave that came by and you guys just rode it and you're still riding it and it's, and it, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, been, it's been a fun wave so far. It's a, it's a, it's a big wave so far. right and how is your surf team doing has has COVID-19 affected the PSCT or Philippine yeah. Surf Championship Tour or among, yeah. among other tours and competitions or are these things still pushing through because they're socially distant or how does, um, how does it work yeah no they're all on hold i think the wsl was one of the first organizations to say that all their events for the the rest of the year were going to be on hold and Amen. the psct for sure we will actually we were thinking maybe it would push through we wouldn't know because mm-hmm. 
but now for sure it's on hold and after yeah. a few months in we were like okay it's on hold obviously the health of everyone else is is uh more important than like a surf comp yeah you, you're socially distanced surfing for sure but all the other things involved getting people there traveling and the uh, organizers you're gathered yeah you're all gathering on the still. Beach. yeah and so just getting people there it's all on hold but i mean the competitors yeah. i just got a message from virgil of the coach of our surf club in Shargao, and um he's teaching groms how to surf and he was saying for a while we weren't allowed to surf right so no one was allowed to surf for for a long time for like three months two to three months but now i think they're gonna start training again so in terms of our our, our surf team they, they're thinking of how they can start training again because right now they're just having fun and thinking of the next oh, thing yay. yeah tourism is one of the hardest industries that were hit over this pandemic so you guys obviously being in the tourism industry and you don't have your meditation aka surfing practice <laughs> available to you how have you guys been managing your mental health these days with all the uncertainty just trying to be positive really through exercise i guess here just having a routine uh, going through you know week by week for me at least that's what i've been doing just kind of uh, work and then after that, make sure I get my exercise to clear my head and then just try to stay positive and do what, what, what you can while you're here. Like, what is it that you can do? Just try to keep busy, you know? That's, that's yeah. what we're, we're trying, yeah. You just, you just gotta really keep a positive mindset. I mean, all we can do now is focus on the things we weren't able to focus on before by improving our brand and, making preparations before tourism returns like safety measures and improvements to the resort repairs all of these things to make preparations for when the island does wait when the island does open again we'll be ready that's that's pretty much all we can do at this point but uh we're ready we're ready for it to, we're ready for it so yeah. hopefully uh the island open up opens up sooner than later yeah you know, in a way, this pandemic has really given us the gift of time. I mean, we're always saying, like, we don't have enough time. There's just not, we don't have the time to do this. Or we wish time would just slow down. And here we are. We have it. We have this break. Or mm -hmm. we wish the island could have a break from all the tourists. And here it is. So I guess we yep. really have to make the most of it. And do all the things we have been putting off. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely... There's a lot of bright sides still like to look at. And so I think it's important to just look for those and see what you can do in terms of that. For, yeah. for me, I think it's going to be even harder for me to return back to that old going to Shargao for three months and grinding and working out there. It's going to be actually tougher for me because I've already gotten comfortable here. Right. <laughs> I've gotten comfortable <laughs> with my daughter. You know, I mean, oh, my daughter's yeah. two and a half. The past, what is it, six months or so have been like, Man, I've been spending every waking day with her. So it's been pretty awesome. Aww. So I know that once I go back to that that grind and, and Shargao and get back to work, it's going to be a lot harder than it normally would be for, for me. I feel like the people who are benefiting the most from this pandemic are our babies and our dogs or cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cats especially, right? <laughs> like, why are you always home? <laughs> yeah, but really, truly, it's, what, it's what's important. And now with, you know, I'm, I'm realizing that life is so short with 
people passing away, whether it's the virus or something else or all these natural calamities that are happening. And it really makes you think about what's really important. On the note of the island getting a bit of a reset with um, nature and the fireflies coming back, I don't know if you guys have heard, but I think Manila had like a mini teeny tiny reset as well because mm-hmm. before in the city you could never see the stars i don't know if you guys have looked out at oh. night but now you can kind of see some mm-hmm. stars and that is something yeah yeah that is awesome look out something. tonight yeah yeah More frogs and i was walking to the grocery the other day i saw like a big lizard on the road and i was like that <laughs> that's great so that's a good sign yeah. We we noticed that you guys have some special offers running till 2021. Are there any like for guests coming in? So can you please expound on the safety measures you mentioned earlier oh. that you've taken when welcoming guests in this climate? Yeah, we're one of the we're we're not fully DOT certified. We still have a few requirements that we have to submit, but we were allowed to operate and these measures mm-hmm. are like pretty much gearing people for these long stay quarantines basically obviously all the sanitation extra sanitation face masks and everything of staff and trying to enforce uh social distancing so everything that you see in manila pretty much they're trying to impose or well that they are implement implement in they're trying to implement in shargao and we're complying with it yeah we we basically will, will have like uv sanitizers in each room so that our guests can make sure that they sanitize everything and feel safe. In terms of quarantine things, they have to they have to stay in the resort for 14 days, and we basically have to monitor their health to see if they're feeling bad, which is what we do anyway. Hey, are you feeling okay? I mean, that's normal part of hospitality, but it's it's taking taking their measurement and recording it so that we can submit it to the LGU if there's any anomalies or there's any reason for alert Mm. yeah so that's those are the things that we're kind of doing i know you guys mentioned a lot of the positive things to come out of this pandemic anything else you want to add aside from spending time with family anything else you learned Mm. that you want to share with our listeners uh we're grateful for the time to refocus and uh, reset we mentioned Mm -hmm. refocusing the brand and we've also mentioned all the community things that are happening in chargao those are Mm -hmm really big positives that i feel will be long will will have long-term effects on the island itself so i think that's we're we're grateful for that and i think a lot of these community events that is happening right now in the right now on the island is a lot of the new business owners and the younger generation that is coming in they get to experience shargao the way me and ian got to experience it back then so hopefully all this community service and events that's going on right now, hopefully it, it takes effect on them and they actually start implementing these things in, in their future, in their future, in their future businesses in Chargao. Hopefully they start, you know, doing all these things that, that we, me and Ian used to be doing back in the days. Can you take us through your life today? Yeah. What's, what's a regular day of Ian and Mooks or a regular week like? We want to know. <laughs> it's like a show. Yeah. Well, mine's simple. Weekdays, like wake up, pretty much do work, emails, some meetings if I have to, <laughs> and then and then pretty much exercise, and then dinner, and then evening unwinding, Netflix or whatever. And then the weekends, that's when 
it's when I get like drunk and socialize. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, we're extroverts and, and yeah, the routine's been keeping me through it. Routine for sure. For me. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's the same. It's pretty much the same as probably you guys. I wake up. Well, for those of you guys have kids, I wake up, play with my daughter, get her ready for her Zoom class, shower, Aww. do some work, and then work out, have some food with my wife and my daughter. And, and there's no weekend and weekday for me, obviously. It's, every day is the same thing. It's a blur. <laughs> it's a blur. <laughs> I feel like there's it's no important, though. I, like, you kind of need to, like, when it's a Friday, like, you kind of need to establish that it's <laughs> Tell yourself. Weekend, you know, like, there has yeah, to be something. Yeah, for sure, for me. Or otherwise, you go It's crazy. helped me. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. helped me, like, to say, but, okay, I can drink in the weekends. If not, yeah. I'd be, like, yeah, just drinking every night. <laughs> but when lockdown first started, like March, man, that first month was me binge drinking every night. Yeah. Like me and my <laughs> wife would be like, let's have some wine. Let's have some wine. Let's have some beers. <laughs> man, the first month was like, yeah. oh, man, all right. We had we, we to stop. So now we, now we only drink on, quote, unquote, weekends. the weekend. <laughs> yeah. The weekend. Yeah. But fatherhood is pretty dope, man. For yeah. any of you listeners, if you guys don't have any kids and then you guys are holding off, don't hold off. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's so dope. It's so awesome being a father. And I'm speaking to you too, Ian. Yeah. Ian yeah. and Bianca, <laughs> get on the train. They're both just looking away. Um, guys, so Harana is obviously very values-based. You guys are values-based. Your resort is in very much environmentally focused and you have all these different programs and sustainability practices. Can you tell us a little bit about the, your values? Like what values and principles do the guys behind Harana live by? Yeah, I guess for me, it's, I guess, focus on things that you can control and pretty much block out all the other stuff that you can't, right? Have a little bit of empathy. Um, no, actually, a lot of it. Try to see where the other people are coming from all around you and see what they're feeling and see how you can kind of um, improve that if you can, you know? Having that, seeing, just seeing how you could help in any situation if there is, if it's just like an introduction to someone or something like that. It's just, trying to see how you can give back instead of like what you're, you're taking. I think those are the values that my personal ones that kind of reflect in Harana. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. And then I guess improvement, always trying to improve yourself because I mean, we're human, right? So there's always room for growth wherever it is. We're, we're never perfect. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For me in Harana, it's, uh, it's pretty much, you know, just to roll with the punches you got to always keep learning and always keep growing. Don't ever just be satisfied for what you have. I mean, yeah, you be satisfied and happy for what you have, but always, always keep growing and improving yourself, improving and try to help improve those around you. And always, you know, and, and whenever you get stressed out, whenever things in work or in life feel overwhelming, always remember the reason why you started started the business in the first place and then everything everything becomes more clear. And what about outside of Harana? Like values, what are our values outside of Harana? Yeah, I mean like, because you were like uh, for business, in Harana. For like work. what about in your day-to-day life? What oh, do you value? 
what do I value in my everyday today life? Pretty much everything that we put into her on is pretty much us, right? Of how we are as people. So basically taking care of your, taking care of the ones you love and taking care of the people around you and try to find a way to not only improve your life, but try to help others improve theirs as well. That would be, that would be how I would take it. Wow. That's beautiful guys. Yeah. And last but not the least, our final question, what keeps you grounded? Okay. So I think, I think I mentioned it earlier. Um, I guess, uh, a nice prayer would would reflect that the serenity prayer of neighbor which is like god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change courage courage to change the things i can and wisdom to know the difference so i think that's a nice saying um and definitely during this time especially is what keeps me kind of uh sane and grounded during these like pandemic times definitely there's a lot of things you cannot change right now so just making sure that you focus on what you can it's helped me a lot it's helped me like in terms of mental health thing it's a really powerful prayer yeah and and we and always know that we're not alone on this i know everyone everyone in this whole world is actually struggling right struggling right now so for me i i i stay grounded by knowing that i'll always have the support of my wife and my family I'll always have the support of my best buddy, Ian, over there, all our friends and pretty much all the community who's got our backs. Everyone in, the, in this world is on, a, on the same boat. We're all struggling. So we got to do what we can to help each other out. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for your time and for sharing yeah. that with us. Yeah, yeah that's thank a wrap. You. No, thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, fun. Yay. Fun. Thanks, guys. Catch yeah. you next time on Grounded Radio.